Hello, I'm Casey. And I'm Emily. And you're listening to Macabre Minds, a true crime podcast. Yeah. (laughs) And guess what? Casey's going to tell our story today. Yes, I'm so excited. This is, I have been so interested in this story since probably the third grade. (laughs) Yeah, I can attest to that. Yes, this is lions. Yeah, I this is really embarrassing. Um, I'm not going to go too in depth with how much I love lions, but (laughs) I would I was also a very bossy little girl and I would make everybody on the playground play lions with me. Yes, Emily can. Yes, (laughs) Emily can agree with that because she was one of the people I would attempt to force to play. Yeah, Uh, eventually, eventually the um group started talking back a bit though um because they didn't always want to be lions for some reason for some so then do you remember weird what, reason do you remember what game we switched it to oh i remember well i don't know but i remember I had a, night, a debate about horses one time and you were like no not the not the horses yes i i'm such a brat but yeah um one uh, one little girl wanted to to be a horse she was i mean she was a horse girl and i remember our mutual friend jesse would sometimes go and play horses with this girl and i'm like no jesse you're a lion you've always been a lion with us you're in our friend group you're a lion Mm. so anyway then that's when yeah that's when all the drama started happening so eventually i was the bigger person (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh no um i was just a, bo- a a brat and bossy and i was like fine if you really want to play horses we'll play a game called changers oh yes, where yes <laughs> we can change into any animal we want to yes. yep. <laughs> except we have to start off as lions every single time <laughs> That was the base character. Very yes. important. We were we were actually lions, but we could change into whatever we wanted. Man, <laughs> we were really fun. <laughs> Remember when we had imagination? I know, I know. And like it's so funny because you hear little kids play, and a lot of times it's like a lot of pausing. It's like, no, 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 you have to say this. Mm-hmm. And like I was that little girl. Yeah. <laughs> controlling okay. what people we would all say games that like we were in charge of like remember like me you and jesse would play like that evil queen game in the basement and yes, i was like felicity. i'm the evil queen every single time you guys are my minions on roller skates <laughs> yeah what was it felicity and golden yes that's what it was called we had a game called felicity yeah. and golden jesse was felicity i was golden obviously for my golden hair and emily was the evil queen oh my god and we we oh had to God. do whatever she said. Oh my gosh, that game was fun. Yeah, and I think I think it's so funny how we, like we all had we had titles for all the games. Yeah, literally. Like remember Lost? We'd play Lost in my backyard. Uh, yep. yep. Yeah. All right. Anyway, anyway wow. This is this, yeah, before this gets derailed. <laughs> this is already off the rails. <laughs> but anyway, actually, that was a good segue because speaking of rails, this oh. is um talking about the ghost in the darkness and it all was because they were trying to build the uganda mombosa railway 
Oh, uh, see what I did there? Ooh, see that? In East Africa in 1898. So oh, that long ago. Wow. Yes. This happened a long, long time ago. I don't know why I always Over think 100 it was years. Like recent. Yeah. Crazy. Well, I mean, it's just, it's crazy that we still have like look good looking taxidermied animals. Yeah. From that long ago. They're old. Dang. Yeah. So have you ever seen the movie The Ghost in the Darkness? I don't know. I feel like I okay. have, but like I certainly don't remember it. So if I did, it was like long, long ago. Like yeah. I, so, I mean, know of it at least. Right. So this is a screenplay that was written by William Goldman, and it is a fictionalized version of the Savo Maneaters. Okay. So Ooh. this in this, honestly, looking at this story and then remembering what I remember from that movie, which was the very first rated R movie I ever saw. Wow. <laughs> Um, I feel like it's it's pretty accurate. Um, maybe you know, obviously some things are dramatized. Yeah, but this was super intense at the time as well. Like this was not just this wasn't the cocaine bear story where, <laughs> totally where they completely different. changed the story. Like yeah, they're just like added some some things. Like in the movie, at like they gave the um lead role a wife and a new baby back home that he was like wanting to get home to. And mm-hmm. from what I found, I don't believe that that was actually what was going on. Okay. Um. So like little things like that, you know, just giving him yeah. a story. But this guy was a badass nonetheless. Ooh. So yeah, currently the lions are taxidermied in the field museum in Chicago. Hey. So check it out. Um. So yeah, um, let's just get let's just get right into it. Yeah. In the spring of 1898, the British began building a bridge over the Savo River that the railroad railroad was going to go over. But over the next nine months, two male lions would go on a killing spree that was completely out of character for lions. Yeah. Um. So obviously, like we all know, people in Kenya live around lions they kind of coexist yeah um so they know how to protect themselves around lions yeah it's basic it's like florida and alligators you know right like or like bears coexist in canada or whatever exactly right exactly um so it's not like they really um obviously you know you gotta respect nature but mm-hmm. it's not like they're, they're typically too scared of them, you know? Yeah. But the thing is, these lions did not scare very easily. So um, after multiple failed attempts of scaring these lions away, people ended up having to leave the construction area. Oh. And construction was completely halted. Wow. Um, and the civil engineer at the time... Lieutenant Colonel John Henry Patterson, quite a name, <laughs> um, decided he would take things into his own hands and he was going to be hunting the lions himself. Oh, my gosh. What power so, these two lions have. They bring a whole construction site to a stop. Dang. That's a thing. And like, this isn't just like, oh, yeah, we're trying to build a house. No, this is like a major railroad yeah. that they're trying to build. I mean, Lieutenant Colonel, for one, I don't know why... How does a civil engineer get the title lieutenant colonel? No, ser- oh yeah, seriously though. 
Hmm. I don't know. I I guess it's like he maybe it was a mil- the... military project or something, or maybe know. he was in the military and then like then went on for schooling and then is kind of still continued in the military just as yeah. a civil engineer now. Keep your title, yeah. Right, exactly. It's something like where you keep your title. But this was a the whole thing was that this bridge was British's way of you know being able to get across uh, Africa. Mm-hmm. So because this was a British railway, yeah. Um, so this was a government led project, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. But anyway, so when Patterson first arrived at the work site, he'd already been he'd already been hearing of the attacks of the lions. But he really didn't think that it was, like, that big of a deal at the very beginning. So he didn't do anything. But then even just a couple days after he got there, he was getting reports of some missing workers. And he was thinking, okay, I'm not really going to do anything about this. You know, like, he just decided that, you know, they needed to keep the project going and didn't have, like, the energy or manpower to really, like, allocate to these two lions Mm -hmm. like come on we're in africa yeah but then um as rumors started going on and as more and more people started disappearing he was like okay this is a much bigger issue than i realized yeah and so he decided to actually do something about it it's like equivalent to like like people going missing it's like equivalent to like a serial killer like creeping in like that's so crazy seriously because this is the thing is like they don't know what what they're gonna do next Mm -hmm. or if they're gonna stop and they're unpredictable i mean you're right it is just like a serial killer it's like living your life in fear it's odd that these two lions, too, like, they keep coming back to this spot. Like, I don't know how natural that is for lions. Like, I feel like they would move on and go somewhere else. But, like, there's – keep coming back. That's so odd Right, to me. yeah. I, I mean, we're going to hear more um, later yeah. on about just, like, what they ended up finding about these two lions because it is Ooh, really okay. bizarre. Cool. So the pair of lions – um, would actually sneak into the campsites at night and literally drag these men out of their tents while they <gasps> slept. Oh my god! <laughs> I know. It's like it's so creepy. Like you, like that is so. Horrible. How are you supposed to sleep safely or comfortably at all? Honestly, I'd sleep in a tree or something. I don't know how well know. lions can climb trees, but <laughs> they probably can. But. I know. Yeah, no, I would not be Mm -hmm. able to sleep soundly at all. No way. Also, one little fun fact about these lions, which I'll go into more later, but, you know, they're male lions, but they're completely maneless. You know how all, like, all male lions, Simba, whoever, Aslan. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All the famous lions. Right. They all have these big flowing manes. Yeah. But these two didn't. And so Interesting. I, I just thought that was super bizarre. And they I were overcompensating I... for they they felt self-conscious. <laughs> they were they were self-conscious. Actually, they heard some workers making fun of them. Oh my God. Uh, well, I was thinking about that, and it's like um I've gone and seen them at the field museum and they didn't yeah. have manes. 
And I remember thinking like, oh gosh, they, these are just like really old, nasty, like poorly taxidermied animals (laughs) that like that their mane fell out. Oh yeah. I remember like thinking like, oh, their mane must've fallen out or something. (laughs) I mean, I guess he'd probably be bald around there, but that's just like what my brain did. (laughs) Um, Interesting. Yeah. Well, anyway, after those initial incidents in March of 1898, um, there was actually a period of time where there weren't any attacks. So they thought they were clear. Construction continued. Um, but then, sure enough, just a few a few months later, the attacks started up again. And this Yikes. time, they were much more frequent and much more brutal. Dang. Um. The workers ended up building thorn fences around the whole camp and they would keep large campfires going all night long to try to scare these animals away. I mean, Mm -hmm. any animal is, does not like fire does not go towards where there's noise, where they know that there's a lot of people, but these lions were just finding their way in fearless, stalking and prancing right in. Dang. Um, so event so Patterson had noted like only one would come in at a time. Um, but oh. that was only at first because eventually both were just getting more and more brave and would come into the camp and take a victim each. Oh dang. Almost every single night. Wow. Did they not have guns? Like I mean, I guess if you were sleeping, like you're caught off guard, but like after this is happening for a while you'd i don't know i don't know that's what i'm saying it's like i just can't believe that it went on for this long Mm -hmm. and there wasn't anything like i mean obviously they were trying their best yeah but the lions were still getting through and still just able to snag people wow left and right (laughs) i wonder if they were like bringing them back to like what what is a group of lions called? A pride, a pride, or or like was it just the two of them? Like uh, it was just the two of them. Also, they were just usually, man eaters. That's so odd. And like usually it's the lionesses who hunt, and here's the two of them getting their easy prey. I guess I don't know exactly. Yeah, it's two male lions working as a team, and maybe they were hunt. outcasts, kicked out. Right, They're like yeah, we'll work together. You're right, because they weren't in a pride. Um, we'll hear a little bit more about this later, but literally they okay. had a den that they would oh. take their that <gasps> they would take um all their uh victims. It wasn't just people. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, victims, but all of their catches Damn. to this den to eat. It was a really scary place to find. Wow. Um so anyway, um the workers ended up fleeing the camp and construction was completely stopped. So then British colonial support sent in reinforcements with literally 20 armed men just to hunt these two lions. Oh my goodness. And so they were setting traps for the lions and hiding in trees trying to catch them with still no luck. How did they not manage that? Wow. I don't know. Um, I've never hunted a lion before, but. I know, but if you, if 
if you know where they're going to be every single night, you'd right. think that it would just kind of happen where you'd find them, you know? Yeah. Um. But then by December of 1898, Patterson actually shot one of the lions in its back leg. Ooh. So it got away. And that very night, Patterson was still, you know, walking around with his weapon out trying to hunt the lion. And the lion came back and was stalking him through the camp. Stop. While he was also trying to find the lion. But that lion was hunting him. Oh, that's so scary. Like, what animal does that? That like, that was a personal vendetta. Yeah. Yeah, specifically going after Patterson, the guy that shot him in the first place. Oh, my gosh. It's, It's... it's unbelievable. Know. Did someone see the lion? Like, so well. Eventually, Patterson realized oh, okay. I'm being stalked by this lion. Yeah, and he ended up shooting that lion again, and the lion ran off. They found it dead near camp the next morning. Dang! So one lion down. One down. Finally, that lion was so big it took eight grown men to carry it out to carry it back to camp. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's got to be huge. Heavy. Yeah. Um. So then just 20 days later, the second lion was found and then ended up being shot six times. But over the course of 11 days. Uh, six times lion, over the course of 11 days? Yes. This lion was down. not going down. That I will survive. Damn. Yes. And literally the Patterson states, he wrote a book. I'll talk about it in a little bit. But mm-hmm. Patterson states in his book <laughs> that the lion died gnawing on a branch trying to get to Patterson. Oh, my God. This is just mm-hmm. so – like when you think about animal behavior, it's not personal like that, you know? Like No. I, I don't know. I would love to hear the thoughts going on in that lion's brain. But like – what? I know. Like to just know truly, because there's a lot of theories, but to truly know what was going on in his brain. Mm-hmm. Because even even grizzly bears, we're going back to grizzlies, when you injure them, they run off. Yeah. They're I not mean, sticking it's around. It's so rare to that they fight to the death like yeah. that. Yeah. My goodness. So that's scary sight. Right. Um, but yeah, Patterson delivered the final shot. So um, he ended up being the one that killed both lions. What a wow. badass. Yeah. So, of course, um, then they knew that, you know, safety. Oops. Safety was reinstated. Mm-hmm. They were able to come back and begin construction again. And, you know, the project was actually... um didn't take too long when there weren't lions terrorizing oh, I'm them. sure. <laughs> because the lions were dead. Uh, both lions were dead in early January. Mm-hmm. And they finished They finished work in February of 1899. So literally a month later than they were able to be done. <laughs> Shut up. Oh, my God. I mean, I, I guess when you don't have work. to keep watching your back. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I don't know how much work they really, like, had left. Yeah. But still, it was enough to... Not be able to be a functional railway. My goodness. 
Um, so anyway, Patterson ended up taking the two lions and turning them into rugs for his house. And had them as rugs in his house until 1925. Oh, my God. I mean, okay. Yeah. And then when he was visiting Chicago at one point and ended up donating them to the or sold them to the Field Museum. Okay. They look completely whole and intact. And when I'm picturing a rug on the floor, it's like just the pelt. So, like, is it really all of them or like? I think that that's how you taxidermy things. I think you taxidermy based off the pelt and you have like a, like, it's not like you have the actual animal's bones and. Well, no, but like no. you whole animal together and you just remove the organs and replace it with stuffing and stuff. I right? know. I was wondering that same I don't thing. Know. That's not I know. That's interesting. Because even still, they were able to examine a lot of like, like, like actual physical bones of the animals but maybe they leave like the hmm. skulls i don't I know no how that works when they taxidermy an animal i don't but know. that's what they said that's what this article okay. said or this okay and this is um my two sources let me just say that now so th- i literally got a lot of this off the field museum website mm-hmm. and then i got um some off safaris africana website as well cool so and both of them had it seemed like they had used pretty credible sources. So, yeah. I'm but I don't sure. really know how any of that works, <laughs> to yeah. be honest. Maybe they had to, like, maybe they just had to take the take the rugs and then put them around a form. Sew them back together. Yeah. Yeah. And then sew it around it. So. Interesting. I don't know, though. Um, but anyway. And that's where they, they're still at the Field Museum today, so you can go visit them. Yeah. yeah, that's like a permanent exhibit there. Like I, like from field trips as a little kid there, because, you know, we grew up in Chicago. Like I remember those two right. lines specifically. Exactly, yeah. yeah. You and I were probably at a school field trip there, and I was probably like, oh, we have to go look at them. Yeah, like I'm sure <laughs> I have a picture of them like on my phone or something. Yikes. Yeah. Or my computer at least. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, just well, let's see his full name again. Colonel Lieutenant John Henry Patterson. Dang. He is just such a badass. I mean, not only was he there was he there overseeing the construction of this railway uh-huh. as a civil engineer, he's also the person that was able to hunt and kill both of these lions yeah and then and he had the the whole time he's documenting what's going on and making journals of what's going on and ended up writing a book based off of his all this um his experiences Mm -hmm. and put it in prepared yeah i know i mean he's yeah he's got it all man um and in the movie he's a looker i don't know how he looks in <laughs> like we'll look at a picture but oh no he's super super handsome guy in the movie um but yeah the book that he wrote is titled the man eaters of savo and other east african adventures Ooh. so I'm if you're interested gonna... in reading it i didn't get the chance but um it seems very interesting yeah i i'm sorry i'm very distracted 
by what you said. So now I'm looking up who that guy is in the movie. <laughs> picture. <laughs> See how cute. What's he is. the movie called? Ghost in the Darkness. Ghost in the Darkness. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You look up that actor, and I'll look up the actual guy. Okay. So this is the actual guy. Okay. Not bad for the time. Not bad. Not bad. 1898. And it's Val Kilmer in the movie. Oh, yes. Yes, it is Val Kilmer. Batman himself. Yeah. It is Val Kilmer. You're right. Yes. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Oh, he's... Yes. And, I mean, obviously, we all know how cute Val Kilmer (laughs) was, is, is... He's still a good-looking guy. (laughs) He actually hasn't been out in public recently because of health issues. But (laughs) we don't need to go into that. That has nothing to do with with this story. But Val Kilmer's awesome is what I was saying. I meant to say hot and awesome. (laughs) So he's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) So in this book, Patterson stated that the lions killed 135 people total. No way. <laughs> That's what he said in his book. That's and the so thing funny. is, like, he's taking accounts and he's like, I'd, I'd be interested what researchers are saying today uh-huh. or what, what he would say about what researchers are saying today. Because apparently, research done by the Field Museum actually reduced it all the way down to only 35, which, okay, I said only 35. But okay. to 35 people. But that's a significant reduction. That's a, yeah. It's over yeah. 100 or it's, a, it's exactly 100 people less. Wow. That's a huge. I like, I don't know if hmm. he was making it more dramatic, but I mean, they, it was enough to send 20 armed men there. It was enough to stop construction. Yeah. And he was saying that they were like it was happening every single night and they were taking like two victims a night. Yeah. For I, wonder, I wonder how the Field Museum came to that conclusion. Like, well, I might uh, even ooh. have some of that. Okay. Because um, it really does. It seems impossible, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, But after reviewing. So first they were reviewing like the archival documents. Um, and then they're like kind of questioning, like, okay, I mean, how, like, who were all these people that were going missing? Um, apparently, yeah. And um, so then that's kind of what brought up the initial question of, okay, how many people did they did it? They actually eat. So this was just done in two thousand eight. Oh, so how the heck they were able to decide that is insane. Yeah, but. Um, a team of scientists examines the lion's skeletons. So, yeah, you're right. They somehow have the skeletons. Hmm. <laughs> examine the lion's skeletons and pelts to determine how many humans they ate. Um, the way that they did that is they'd specifically look at the bone collagen and their hair keratin levels, which helps paint a picture of what they were eating a few months before their death. Okay. And so I I guess like just, you know, humans have a lot more of X, Y, Z and yeah, they'd be able to see that in the care, the little keratin in our hair or the collagen in our bones. Okay. Science. I mean, (laughs) yes. 
that's really really intense science that goes that's, way above my that's head strange yeah um it just sounds yeah it sounds it sounds literally impossible, impossible. exactly I don't know, mm -hmm. but I don't I don't get paid for to do that, so how would I know? Right. <laughs> exactly. Um I'm not I'm not diminishing their work, but I just don't know how you can even even if you're saying, okay, they ate they weren't eating as many people. If they ate over 100 people, you know, there'd be this amount. But to be able to narrow it down to like an approximate number all the way down to 35, yeah, is very interesting. Yeah. And so and I want to hear like how confident they are on that. Yeah. I, or maybe maybe the colonel lieutenant whoever um maybe people were disappearing for other reasons and he was just documenting everything and everyone assumed it was the lions but maybe there were like other things, I don't know, people getting lost. Yeah, I don't know. That's true. Or just people like fleeing. Like how he would come up know. with that big number that wasn't, yeah. Right. But it's so interesting because it's like, it's not just a precise number on their end. Yeah, you're right. It's also a precise number on his end. Yeah. Where it's like, how do you know 135 people? Like, are you tallying? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's interesting. Because I mean, this is not there. just, this isn't. This yeah right he was there he was, and it was it was a lot. I mean even afterwards like different um I think like um people of government were literally talking about it, making mm -hmm. speeches on it. Yeah, on these man eating lions. Actually, I do have a quote here. I was gonna say it later, but I'll say it now. Um, since it had caused so much commotion in Kenya and the United Kingdom, Lord mm -hmm. Salisbury who was the UK prime minister at the time, um, ended up speaking in parliament about, about it. So this wow. is him speaking. Yeah, right. He said, the whole of the works were put to a stop because a pair of man-eating lions appeared in the locality and conceived a most unfortunate taste for our workmen. At last, the laborers entirely declined to carry on unless they were guarded by iron and entrenchments. Of course, it is difficult to work a railway under these conditions, and until we found an enthusiastic sportsman to get rid of these lions, our enterprise was seriously hindered. Wow. That's yeah, serious. <laughs> if it has to be addressed literally in Parliament. Right. You would think, I mean, I'm glad they care about 35 people's <laughs> lives. That's a lot yeah. of people's lives. But... <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like I feel like it was probably more, but maybe 135 was an exaggeration. You know, maybe it just falls somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Um. But anyway, so the whole question is why? I mean, to this day, they don't know why they acted so out of character. Um, and so I was like thinking. Oh well, they're they're diseased because of they have no manes, so they must have some kind of disease or like just genetic disorder that's making them behave like this. You know, yeah, that's where my mind went. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. So then I was like looking up how common it is for um to have like a a maneless male lion, mm -hmm. and it's actually really common. I didn't oh. realize that. Oops. Um. Yeah. Right. 
<laughs> but um so at first so then I was kind of like looking just like into why some lions have manes and others don't and they said like oh it could initially they were thinking it was like a genetic trait passed down from just just depends on who your daddy is um <laughs> but actually most recent studies who it was actually conducted this is kind of ironic by another man um a researcher that works for the field museum oh and his last name is also patterson oh my goodness they're, yeah they're not related but oh. <laughs> that i know i'm like way too what's the word coincidental i don't know yeah or just yeah yeah just right coincidental except it is really coincidental that his name is patterson oh you're right i didn't say the right um, word whatever yeah <laughs> i don't even know just just too perfect i yeah. don't know <laughs> um but yeah, no, he so he started kind of looking into it as well. And what he decided was he believes that it's actually more related to climate. Um so the longer the mane, the cooler the climate. That's why like at the zoo in Chicago, we see these lions with these long flowing manes. Uh -huh. It's like a way to keep them warm. And yeah. even like like even Florida. I mean, yeah, it's hot in Florida. It's not Kenya hot. <laughs> right. Right. Um, so a lot of it can be related to climate. But it's not like you don't find lions with huge long flowing manes in yeah. In Kenya either. Um so I think that it might be a, a combination of the two once again. Um, but they haven't quite figured that one out either. It seems like mm -hmm. it just it seems like there's like a, a few possibilities, but I guess that that's like if it doesn't affect their health or anything, it's not really like a priority issue. for zoologists to study. Yeah. They got some other things to look into, I guess. <laughs> um, oh, do you hear Jilly? No. Oh, okay. That's good because what's she she's doing? like right at the door. Oh, she's at the door saying, "Mommy." <laughs> um. Okay, but let's go back to the why. The lions did this. Okay. One theory was that there was a scarcity of food and it was under desperation. Mm -hmm. um, I found that super hard to believe because they had lived there for so many years before. Yeah. Lions live in Kenya. Um, they've obviously had a food source before. They're, at, they're building a literal railroad over a river. So that's a clear water source. So right. You're going to have wildlife come into that water source. Mm -hmm. So why, what would, why would there be a scarcity of food, you know? Yeah. Um, so I kind of looked into that <laughs> and actually at the time, you know, there's an answer for everything. I didn't realize that. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, this doesn't make sense. And then, and then right there was the answer. Dry um, so what'd you say? A dry season when the animals like migrated. Actually, well, that'd be my guess. One of their main sources of food was cattle, which sucks okay. for the farmers. Oh yeah, um, and there was a huge cattle plague in oh. 1898 that year. Oh, so well, they need to find a new source of food. Oh wow, so, I, there is so an answer for everything. Right, exactly. So apparently. 
that that could have played a part into it. Yeah. Um, that's one theory, which makes a little bit of sense. Yeah. Um, another theory, which this one freaks me out, is that they ended up developing a taste for humans because they feasted on already dead railway workers. <gasps> oh my gosh. Um, like maybe. Yeah, but you it's can't like rule anything. I, I, yeah, right. But it's like, okay, yeah. I mean, I guess it could be a dangerous job. People, mm-hmm. people die. But how many men are dying where these lions <laughs> are eating them and being like, "Oh, I, I want more of that." You know, like I don't think yeah. it was just a one-off incident. I think they they had it a couple times before they were like, "Okay, this is what I like. This is my main food source now." Hmm. Yeah, so I was wondering, and like I was also kind of questioning, why were these people just left out? Like, right? Like, how would they bury your dad to them? Like, right? So, so then, guess what? There's an answer. Oh God. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Apparently, the Hindus working on the railway on the railway, Mm -hmm. um, would hold cremations for their dead, and. So then, you know, with a cremation, you let them burn. But that obviously doesn't – I mean, it's just a fire that you built yourself. It's not like an incinerator. Yeah. So there's going to be some yeah. kind of remains. Okay. So the lions might have been scavenging on those remains. Ah. Oh, mm-hmm. goodness. Of their okay. cremated dead. Right. Yeah. So – that makes that makes more sense. That <laughs> does make sense. When I initially read it, and it took me finding a, another article to be like, "Oh, okay, I see." I'm thinking, I'm like, "Okay, what? Like, are you not burying deep enough graves? Like, right. is and I are can't there too many people dying? Like, bear like digging, digging up, up a grave, graves, hyenas, maybe, but yeah, right. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it was just so. Anyway, that kind of explains that. Um, but one of the most interesting and, in my opinion, compelling theories is um, that when they were examining the lions, um, they took x-rays of all the lions, right? Like, right after. Mm-hmm. And when they were examining those dental records, they could see that they had severe – both of them had severe dental injury. Oh. Um they noticed that there were wearing patterns on their teeth that actually looked a lot like what zoo lions have on their teeth. And that means that they really only ate soft food and they didn't crack through bones like typical wild lions do. Yeah. Right. So like they they ate basically zoo lions. And so unfortunately humans are just easier – softer <laughs> to get through really? um, we still have bones but i don't know we're not built yeah. like like animals a hippo like yeah. yeah like think of think yeah. about tearing into a hippo or a rhino or like those animals that have that thick skin wow if, if you have yeah. a, if you have a toothache you're not going to want to do that you're going to want something nice and soft like a nice gut <laughs> yeah like, oh my goodness. Yeah. Um 
So like I said, they had they looked at previous x-rays and um it showed that one alliance even had a root to tip abscess. So Ah, it's just a severe infection yeah. in their mouth. That's not something that you can really for one, that's probably making him ill and delirious on all other yeah. levels, but also like he's in pain, horrible, horrible pain whenever he eats. Ooh. So he's gonna go for easy, easier food, you know? Right. Yeah. Um hmm. okay. so yeah, like like we have soft skin and so made for an easy meal. Um, but most recently the belief is that it's just because people are just an easy catch. Yeah. We're just we're just an easy target. Simply easy prey. We're not gonna run away yeah. like an antelope could. That's that's exactly what I was thinking. It's like, okay, yeah, try to try to have the speed of an antelope. Like we are, the, we're clearly the slowest, right? We're and literally I guess, sitting ducks for them. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if all of them weren't armed, but the lions weren't too threatened. They just kept coming back, and they're basically sitting ducks asleep in their tents. Yeah, not bothered. Well, the lions weren't bothered. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I wish yeah. they had, like the technology back then to like have examined their brains and seen like I don't know if something was weird there going on. I don't know right. what you could get from that, but like, yeah, I feel like yeah, I feel like it would have been really beneficial to be able to like capture and then study them, yeah, and see their other behaviors and see if they're lion-like behaviors or if it's just. You know, abnormal circumstances. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's just they were they were clearly hunting with a strategy. Yeah. It's oh, not like they were just like, oh, easy target. I'm gonna prance in here, grab a person, and run. Like he was literally stalking the person that shot him. Mm-hmm. They just so they knew to come back. Like they knew where to get in, and like they're smart animals, right? It's just it's just crazy that they'd be able to pick off 35 to 135 people that you know in quotes easily. Yeah. Um I feel like we posed a bigger danger to them than any not a hippo. Hippos are scary. But oh, yeah. <laughs> we posed a bigger danger to them than any antelope would have. Mhm. Yeah. Um even though we're easier, you know. And yeah. I guess to to actually get right i don't know so weird um and then also the fact that yeah like we'd be as a group usually animals stay away from people when they're all together but mm-hmm. nope they didn't Especially care a group as large as that like a whole camp of people working yeah yeah they're um minds. i know right and also the fact that they like teamed up and they worked together Mm-hmm. Um, like we kind of already talked about that. I just, it just sounds very bizarre to me that two male lions would would be buddy buddy. I wonder if they were brothers. I don't, Maybe. I didn't see anything saying that they were related. I'm sure that they would be able to tell that. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so in the movie, um, it shows Patterson finding the den. 
Mm-hmm. And there's all these bones of, you know, people and other animals just filling this den. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, I was thinking like, okay, so they must have gotten a lot out of that den. But I guess like they couldn't find it. And they just rediscovered this lion's den in 1997. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. How and so it's called it was- the Man Eater's Den. Wow. I don't really know exactly how they ended up finding it or why why like, they didn't know where it was or yeah, whatever. How they know it's that lion specific. Right. Den. Yeah. I mean, I guess you find human remains and then you date it back and they're like, oh, okay, this oh, is I the guess, time during yeah. the Savo lion attacks. You know, yeah. I, that maybe. Makes yeah, that makes sense. That's what I would think. Um, and literally to this day, information is still being gathered from the den and they're able to take, um, they're finding even like hairs from some of the prey that they had taken back and they're studying the hair and analyzing the hair from that prey. Just try to get more information on like what was going on at the time in the Mm -hmm. environment um, and with advancing technology and the fact that they're still studying this story. Right. Still curious about it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. More information could be coming out like as we speak, basically, because wow. I mean, this is this happened in 1898 and they still were making advances to in 2008. Mm hmm. So people are still talking about it. And I think that this, them being in the field museum has kept the story alive. And I mean, obviously the ghost in the darkness movie, I think. Yeah. A lot of people saw that at the time. That makes like good movie material. You know what I mean? Yeah, it does. It really does. Well, that's why both of these stories in our, in our, um, Animals Gone Wild. <laughs> um, Have been moving. What was I calling it? What was I calling it before? Uh, I don't know. Deranged animals, whatever. In this series that we are covering, <laughs> most of the things are, are, are made into movies because it is such, they are so bizarre circumstances and situations yeah. that really odd. are out of character. And unfortunately, people die. Yep. Dang. Except in years. <laughs> I mean, just a bear. One person died. Oh, I guess someone died. One person did. Somebody died. You would have died anyway, though. But yeah. <laughs> Not because of the bear. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. That's really bizarre behavior for. I know. I mean, and I can imagine like being stalked by an animal. Like a few weeks ago, <laughs> I was on the safari. And one of the cheetahs, she was like, I was watching her stalk. This ostrich had walked close to her and she was stalking the ostrich. Like her eyes were locked on this ostrich. She was pacing back and forth. Like that was creepy to watch. And I was scared for that ostrich. Like, I can't imagine if that was me. She was looking at like that. Like, yeah. Yeah. It was well, I was even, I was even at the zoo no, I think it was with you. I think it was in Disney. Mm. I'm trying to think of what the what happened. 
I think we were walking around Animal Kingdom and there was literally a, because I was with Jilly, there was literally like, um, is there a snow leopard there? We have tigers. No, I don't know where I was. But anyway, there's like some some kind of big cat that Yeah. is in the back of the enclosure, but had its eyes locked on Jilly Oh. and was just following Jilly's every move. And That's I was getting so uncomfortable, Yeah. even though there's literally a massive fence like there's it even covers over the enclosure. There's Yeah. no way this animal is getting out. But just just how scary it was seeing That. Mm hmm That animal wants to tear into some someone right now. Yeah. That It's animal that's instinct so scary. doesn't go away in like the zoos and things like that. Like it's No. still there. Yeah. Right. Right. So it's really intense. And once again, I I think um our next episode, I said once again because we we kind of talked about this in our last episode, but In our next episode, I really want to cover um, – sorry, do you hear Jilly? No. Oh, okay, good. In our next episode, I really want to cover uh, top 10 most deadly animals Yeah. to humans. Yeah. I think that, that would be very interesting to see um, the numbers and the statistics with that. Yeah. That would be So, – yeah, we'll yeah. do that to Okay. close this. <laughs> Well, do you have anything else to add, Emily? Um, uh, just a little update. I released our cocaine bear episode yesterday, um, which would have been the 17th of March. Um, I'm thinking I'm going to release them on Fridays now instead of Mondays, just because it's a little bit of an easier turnaround for me to edit Okay. for that. So look Sounds out for us good. on probably Fridays. All right. Yep. So tune in on Fridays. Nice end to your week. Start your weekend off with a little bit of macabre minds. <laughs> well, on that note, I'm Casey. I'm Emily. And you just heard macabre minds.